0: Good morning and welcome in the name of Jesus. Good morning. Christ is risen. Is risen Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen to that. Today is the 15th Sunday after Pentecost and we're going to take a look at um, the gospel Luke 16th chapter verses 1 to 15 which is a very difficult parable sometimes to understand. If you took the receive the daily devotions this week you got one side of the picture, you're going to get a whole other side, maybe, uh, this morning. But it's a, it's a great parable. It's about the uh, unfaithful uh, manager, and the question maybe to ask this morning is, what does that mean? And uh, we all may have our own little ideas, and hopefully I can steer us in, in what Jesus is really trying to say to us in that parable. As always, we pray that that as we hear God's word through the hymns we sing, the songs we sing through our liturgy this morning, uh, most certainly as we come and receive the body and blood in Christ, and hopefully through our sermon, your faith will be strengthened. Any need for healing, if you ask God, that He would also grant that as a blessing too. So let's begin with our opening hymn, number 797 Praise the Almighty. Please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Let us humble ourselves before God, confess our sins to him, and ask his gracious forgiveness for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We now confess to God Almighty. The almighty and merciful Lord, grant us pardon, forgiveness, and remission of all our sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We sing the same love. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O oh Lord, you call us to be faithful in very little in order to be trusted with much. Preserve us by your perpetual mercy, and because without you, we cannot but fall, keep us from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Please be seated.
1: The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from the book of Amos, chapter 8, verses 4 through 7. Hear this, you who trample on the needy and bring the poor of the land to an end, saying, When will the new moon be over that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath that we may offer wheat for sale, that we may make the ephah small and the shekel great, and deal deceitfully with false balances? that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and sell the chaff of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. This is the word of the Lord. We read Psalm 113 responsively. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens, who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth. gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our epistle lesson for this day is taken from the book of 1 Timothy. First of all, then, And there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then that in every place, The men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves as respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness, with good works. with self-control. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men. Jesus, himself as
0: ransom for all. Hallelujah. Please rise. The gospel according to St. Luke the 16th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus also said to the disciples, "There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, "What is this I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me?" I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little... Is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things and ridiculed him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We have children today that like to come for the children's message. Just as fast as you sat down, you have to get up. (laughs) So I'm going to put some tape on the rug. Not a whole bunch, because I don't want to pull it up. But this is really, really important. Okay, I want you all to stand in line with that blue, little bit of blue tape. Just face me. Okay. You chickened out? (laughs) No. Straight. So you can stand right here. You can stand right here. And you can stand right there. Okay. That's a pretty picture. Right? Okay, so now I'm gonna tell you a story. And you can't move. Yes, you can move. You can wiggle. It's okay. So there's this, there's this lady, and she is famous for making chocolate chip cookies. So one day, you're here, and she's here. And you can just smell from the kitchen the cookies baking. Are you watering your mouth yet? Right? So then she gives each one of you a bag of cookies. So I'll pretend you're holding a bag of cookies for me. This is imagination time, okay? You all got your cookies? How do they smell? Like
2: really good.
0: Yeah, it's imagination time, really good. And she tells you that you're to go deliver these cookies to somebody who needs to be made a little happier today. Okay? And now you're all off, you're on your way, and you have a choice to make. They smell so good, and there's about a dozen in the bag. I could probably just take one and nobody would know. And I'd be really happy, right? So here's a decision you have to do, right? If you're gonna take one from the bag and eat it because nobody will know, I want you to step back. If you're going to give the whole thing to the person, then I want you to step this way. Are you all telling me the truth? Okay, Wait, well, I'd be over here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, the smelling of the cookies would just get to me, and I'm and I just, nobody would know. So I would take one out and put it in the bag, and who's going to care? They're going to get 11 cookies, right? So I'm over here. I'm sorry. You guys are great. But I feel all alone in the world right now. <laughs> you know, all of them are going to take a cookie too, Right? Yeah, see, they all know, yeah, we're going to take a cookie. You guys are so good. That is so great. Actually, it's kind of wonderful you guys did this. Threw me off, but that's good. So, in our gospel lesson today, so many different things going on. But one of the themes in that text is for us to, to be, be honest with the things that have been given to us. Right? And in this case, you're all given an imaginary bag of cookies that are supposed to be given to somebody who needs help. Right? needs to be cheered up in that day. And you guys did what you're supposed to do, is not take a cookie out of that bag. Bring all the cookies and give it to the man or the woman or the child who needs the cookies to feel a little bit better. That's what God would have us do. But so often we do what I said I would do, (laughs) and take a cookie out of the bag. Because we don't think anybody will know. But what we forget... And that's also in this text It's kind of disguised a little bit But God knows everything that you four do He knows everything that I do He knows everything that they all do And everybody who's online watching us right now Thought they were safe But he knows what they're doing too And how many of them would be standing next to me right now Or how many would be standing next to you guys So, so the good thing then And we're going to give thanks Because you guys got it right and and ask for forgiveness for me because I got it wrong and anybody else, okay? Can you pray with me? Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us with the knowledge of good and evil. However, forgive us when we forget and we do things we should not do like taking a cookie out of a cookie bag. But thank you for the times we do the things you would have us do. And especially this morning, bless these four girls, for knowing it is right is to do what you say rather than what we might want to do. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you. I have no cookies for you today, though. <laughs> I know. Let's sing our hymn of the day. Grace, peace, and mercy from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, today our our sermon text is based on the gospel lesson of Luke, the 16th chapter, verses 1 to 13, and I'm solely titling it Grace. So most commentaries, in fact, most sermons about today's gospel, the parable of the unjust steward, either begin with or quickly make the point that this is just a strange and difficult text. And I would agree, it is. It doesn't make sense. A dishonest employee is commended by his boss. That's not how we want the world to be. That's not what we teach our children. That's not what we expect Jesus to say or encourage. So I want to begin somewhere else this morning. I want to begin with something that, while not necessarily easier, but is a bit more understandable and maybe even familiar. So the master says this. He says, give me an accounting of your management. I think we've all heard those words said to us in one way or another. It may not have been these exact words, but at some time in our life, probably many times, in fact, and accounting has been demanded. I'll help you think of a couple of those. The IRS invites us to bring our papers and account for the numbers on our tax return. Did you ever get called to the principal office? Am I the only one today? Wow! Remember, God knows if you're telling the truth. Give an account of yourself. You sit down with a therapist or spiritual director, and he or she says, So tell me about your life. What's going on? The boss says he or she wants to see you in his or her office. You come home, and your spouse speaks those four dreaded words. We need to talk. Each Sunday, we come to the place of worship when the pastor says, Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. In all those situations, an accounting of our management is being demanded. It's not easy. Giving an accounting can be uncomfortable and even a fearful time. We review our words and our actions wondering, what have I done? What have I left undone? What will happen to me? What will I do? No one likes to have to give an accounting. We're pretty private about our books. Not only do we want them to to see the balance, sometimes we do not want them to see uh, how it's balanced, if you will. We do not want to face and deal with that reality. But that's what this accounting asks for. You see, the accounting demanded of this manager, just like the ones demanded of us, is really really an accounting of his life. It asks to open the books of our life and examine, audit, what are we doing with our life and who are we serving? It raises important questions for you and me. What are we doing with the resources, the assets, the gifts entrusted to us? Think about all that you and I have. Time, money, ideas, dreams and hopes, passions and concerns, people and relationships, love, compassion, forgiveness, mercy, talents and ability, questions and curiosities. What if we were to give an accounting of our management of these? What would our books look like? What do they reveal about you or me? Where, how, in what ways, on whom are you and I spending and investing these assets? These aren't just questions to be answered individually. There is also a communal or corporate accounting of our management to be given also. What would it look like for America to account for its management? What do the books and the Balancing say about our national life? What about globally and internationally? What do the world's books say about humanity? Just look at everything that is happening today. We can't go on like this. Something has to change. Today's gospel calls us to account for our management of all that we Are and all that we have. The demand for an accounting often sounds like someone is in trouble. That's how today's parable begins. The manager has been charged with squandering his master's property. He's going to be fired. He will lose his job, income, reputation, and status. A part of him is dying. And at some level, he will lose his life as he knows it. Whether you and I lived it, heard it from a friend or a colleague, or read it in the news, it's a familiar story. Somebody has been bad. They've been caught. And now they're going to get what they deserve. That's how the world works. That's what we expect. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. And parables rarely give us what we expect. So we ought not be too quick to come to a final or definitive interpretation of this parable. The parable offers ambiguity and tension, not a neat resolution, and that feels a lot like real life, doesn't it? Maybe this story in general, and the manager in particular, is simply a picture of that ambiguity and tension. It's a picture that probably looks very familiar to most of us, a picture of tension and ambiguity in our own lives struggles and decisions. There's even some ambiguity in labeling this man as a dishonest manager. What does that mean, the dishonest manager? Maybe the label of dishonest isn't what we think it is. Maybe it is less of a declaration about the manager and more description of his relationship to his master. First, we have no details On what this man did or did not do to be charged with squandering his master's work. We have no reason or are told a reason that he is fired. Or whether charges are even valid for that matter. Second, while the word that is translated as dishonest can refer to a particular action of wrongdoing. It can also mean a quality of unrighteousness. In that sense... The manager's relationship with his master is not right. It is broken. It is impaired, out of sync. Perhaps the manager has chosen self-interest, self-loyalty, self-serving over interest in loyalty to and service of his manager, his master. That can happen real quick and easily to any one of us. This manager, then, is is the face and the image of Jesus' words, you cannot serve two masters. And since we don't know a lot about this guy or what he did, maybe we can shift our focus a bit. Instead of trying to audit his books, maybe we ought to simply examine our own books. Instead of being shocked that this dishonest manager is commended, maybe we can see precedent hope and possibilities for our own commendation, the accounting that should have been the manager's ruin actually became the starting point for a brand new life, a new relationship, and a new home. Grace was hiding in the demand for an accounting, waiting to be discovered, waiting to be claimed. The accounting demanded of this manager was both an ending and a new beginning, a death and a resurrection. And while the master may have wanted an audit of past numbers and transactions, the manager saw that his old life was empty, bankrupt. New life would be seen only by looking forward. New life would be found only by being and doing differently. The manager claimed for himself the grace hidden in the master's demand of an accounting. And he was commended. If the dishonest manager can be commended, why not me? Why not you? Let me share with you a crazy idea. What if the accounting ask of us is never complete? The book's are never closed, and the bottom line is never tallied until there is new life, until there is commendation. What if accounting is not about finding wrongdoing, but finding new life? What if it is about grace rather than punishment? That certainly changes our usual understanding Of an accounting. But isn't that what parables are supposed to do? They change the way you and I see and understand. If a parable makes sense, I think we probably missed the point. The accounting of our management isn't about numbers, isn't about wrongdoing, isn't about punishment, but it's about helping us see and orient our lives in a new direction. It opens up us to new possibilities. It opens us to God's grace. And it points us to our eternal home. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, help us to understand your parables, especially this text. And let us see the grace That you simply are holding there for us to take. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please rise? This morning, we're going to focus, instead of doing the whole uh, creed, Apostles' Creed, we're going to focus on just simply the second article. So, what is the second article? What does this mean? I believe. in Christ, I urge you all to lift up your hearts to God and pray with me as Christ our Lord has taught us and freely promised to hear us. God our Father in heaven, look with mercy on us, your needy children on earth, and grant us grace that your holy name be hallowed by us and all the world through the pure and true teaching of your word and the fervent love shown forth in our lives. Graciously turn from us all false doctrine and evil living, whereby your precious name is blasphemed and profaned. Lord, in your mercy, may your kingdom come to us and expand. Bring all transgressors and those who are blinded and bound in the devil's kingdom to know Jesus Christ, your son, by faith, that the number of Christians may be increased. Lord, in your mercy, strengthen us by your spirit according to your will both in life and in death, in the midst of both good and evil things, that our own wills may be crucified daily and sacrificed to your good and gracious will. Into your merciful hands, we commend Chet Kilgordon, Jason w- Whittington, Susan Cook, Linda Miller, Mike Corby, Barbara Freitas, uh, Stephen Westall, Gene Stoltz, Sophie Pitlock, and the Carneros. And all those who are in need, praying for them in all times that thy will be done. Lord, in your mercy. Grant us our daily bread, preserve us from greed and selfish cares, and help us to trust in you to provide for all our needs. Lord, in your mercy. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us. So that our hearts may be at peace and may rejoice in a good conscience before you, and that no sin may ever frighten or alarm us. Lord, in your mercy. Lead us not into temptation, O Lord, but help us by your Spirit to subdue our flesh, to turn from the world and its ways, and to overcome the devil with all his wiles. Lord, in your mercy. And lastly, O Heavenly Father, deliver us from all evil of both body and soul. Now and forever, Lord, in your mercy, we trust, O oh Lord, in your great mercy to hear and answer us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Up Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is, right it is truly good, right, and proper that we should give thanks and praise to you, O oh Lord, for in Jesus Christ, the servant of all. You have shown your saving love and rescued us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. Grant that in response to our salvation, we may live to your glory, awaiting that time when Jesus, who is our host at this holy meal, prepares for us and all the faithful the earthly heavenly banquet. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that we may rejoice in the gifts before us and thank you with songs of praise and hearts filled with love. Thank you. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after the supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, drink, this is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father. peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated. Gracious Lord, we thank you for having fed us with the body and blood of our Lord Jesus. Grant that the bread of life and the blood of Christ that has been shared and received in this blessed meal may be for us that life-giving food that sustains us on our earthly journey as we seek to bring you honor and praise all our days. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. We sing, Go my children with my blessing. Amen. Please be seated. With those who have announcements, please come up.
3: Good morning. I looked around and I saw a few faces that I didn't see last Sunday, so I'm going to make the same announcement. Men's breakfast has begun. We had two additional members join us last week, and I can see there's at least a dozen more that could be there. If you're retired or if not, we start early, 7 o'clock, with a little fellowship, a little snack, 7.30 to 8.30, we study the Bible. Thursday mornings, henceforth. Hope to see you there.
0: Thank you, Merlin.
2: Also, this Thursday uh, in the evening at 6 p.m. is our Early Learning Center open house. So this is your last reminder. Please, everybody, sh- come up, come and um, show your support for our school. Uh, the families will all be there. Teachers will be in their, in their classrooms. You'll get to see some of the work that was done in our upper classrooms. Uh, we'll have a hot dog barbecue, and it'll be a great time. So please come and enjoy. And if you signed up to bring a dessert or... Um, Salad, please remember to bring that with you, and we'll see you then. Thanks, Dory.
0: So, if you would uh, pull out your, your sermon notes and turn it to the back, and of course, if you wrote on the back too and you can't read it, I'm going to read it to you. I'm supposed to smile at least a little bit. Anybody take notes? <laughs> Don't want to know. Okay, on the back, you see, and what's on the screen, these are, these are the teachers at our early learning center. It is, it is probably in some ways the largest ministry we have as we reach out to, the, to these parents and these children who come to us. And we, we teach them lots of things. And, and one big part of that is God. And, and so what I'd like you all to do, please, please take this sheet home with you today and i would like you to for the rest of the school year which means it goes all the way around to june but then again we never close so maybe keep it on doing it forever as i would like you to pray for our teachers because if the devil can do anything he will trip them up because he doesn't want them preaching teaching to these kids and then pick one that's just for whatever reason jumps out to you and become their prayer warrior. And then on Thursday night, as you all come, because you're going to celebrate this mission with us, this ministry, please go downstairs to the rooms and see that te- find that teacher and let them know that you are praying for them. It will mean... I can't even tell you what it will mean to those teachers to know that you are praying for them and, um, and have somebody actually come up to them and let them know that. You, you will bless them immensely. So please, please, and if you can't make it, that's okay. But take this home and pick one out. and You can always send a note to the school. Can you let Rachel know that I'm praying for her today? Right? So that, that's, p- please do that. Um, Second announcement Kids Connect Kids Connect is our Sunday school program And the children leave after the children's message They're on the hymn day And they go over to our school school wing And next Sunday After the Bible study hour We're going to have Our our Lois is going to lead a training Um, Right (laughs) Lois? Okay wasn't the right word, but she's going to share with you about the program, and, and hopefully you might sign up to be a teacher. Currently, we have 12 Kids Connects teachers, so you realize that's, you have Sundays off from teaching, and so, and if more of you come in, and it's a great program, it's fun to do, it's, it's easy, the kids pick up real quick, um, and so plan to come, that's at, Lois, what time is it going to actually start? right after Bible study, so figure uh, if I don't go overboard, it will be 11.45, but for sure by 12, you'll start, so please come to that, and I think, oh, the last one is Bible study in, wow, half an hour, you have time to go find somebody here you haven't seen before and say, hi, my name is, who are you? Yeah, let's go in peace and serve the Lord.